0: Section thirty six of Reviews by Oscar Wilde. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lizzie Driver. Reviews by Oscar Wilde, edited by Robert Ross. Section thirty six A Sentimental Journey Through Literature home Mall gazette december first eighteen eighty six this is undoubtedly an interesting book not merely through its eloquence and earnestness but also through the wonderful catholicity of taste that it displays mr Null has a passion for panegyric his eulogy on keats is closely followed by a eulogy on whitman and his praise of lord tennyson is equalled only by his praise of mr robert buchanan "'Sometimes, we admit, we would like a little more fineness of discrimination, "'a little more delicacy of perception. "'Sincerity of utterance is valuable in a critic, "'but sanity of judgment is more valuable still, "'and Mr. Knoll's judgments are not always distinguished by their sobriety. "'Many of the essays, however, are well worth reading. "'The best is certainly that on the poetic interpretation of nature.' in which Mr. Nowell claims that what is called by Mr. Ruskin the pathetic fallacy of literature is in reality a vital emotional truth. But the essays on Hugo and Mr. Browning are also good. The little paper entitled Rambles by the Cornish Seas is a real marvel of delightful description, and the monograph of Chatterton has a good deal of merit though we must protest very strongly against mr knell's idea that chatterton must be modernized before he can be appreciated mr knell has absolutely no right whatsoever to alter chatterton's young damoiselles and and las fell into youthful damsels and weapon fell for chatterton's archaisms were an essential part of his inspiration and his method Mr. Nurell, in one of his essays, speaks with much severity of those who prefer sound to sense in poetry, and, no doubt, this is a very wicked thing to do. But he himself is guilty of a much graver sin against art when, in his desire to emphasize the meaning of Chatterton, he destroys Chatterton's music. In the modernized version, he gives of the wonderful Song to Alia, he mars by his corrections the poem's metrical beauty, ruins the rhymes, and robs the music of its echo. Nineteenth-century restorations have done quite enough harm to English architecture without English poetry being treated in the same manner, and we hope that when Mr. Noel writes again about Chatterton, he will quote from the poet's verse, not from a publisher's version. This, however, is not by any means the chief blot of Mr. Noel's book. The fault of his book is that it tells us far more about his own personal feelings than it does about the qualities of the various works of art that are criticized. It is, in fact, a diary of the emotions suggested by literature rather than any real addition to literary criticism. And we fancy that many of the poets about whom he writes so eloquently would not be a little surprised at the qualities he finds in their work. Byron, for instance, who spoke with such contempt of what he called twaddling about trees and babbling o'er green fields, Byron, who cried, Away with this cant about nature! A good poet can imbue a pack of cards with more poetry than inhabits the forests of America, is claimed by Mr. Noel as a true nature worshipper, and pantheist along with Wordsworth and Shelley and we wonder what Keats would have thought of a critic who gravely suggests that endymion is a parable of the development of the individual soul. There are two ways of misunderstanding a poem. One is to misunderstand it, and the other to praise it for qualities that it does not possess. The latter is Mr. Knowles' method, and in his anxiety to glorify the artist, he often does so at the expense of the work of art. Mr. Knoll is consistently the victim of his own eloquence. So facile is his style that it constantly betrays him into crude and extravagant statements. Rhetoric and overemphasis are the dangers that Mr. Knoll has not always succeeded in avoiding. It is extravagant, for instance, to say that all great poetry has been pictorial, or that Coleridge's Night's Grave is worth many Kabula Khans, or that Byron has the splendid imperfection of an Esculus, or that we had lately one dramatist living in England, and only one, who could be compared to Hugo, and that was Richard Hingis Horne. And that, to find an English dramatist of the same order before him, we must go back to Sheridan, if not to Otway. Mr. Noel again has a curious habit of classing together the most incongruous names and comparing the most incongruous works of art what is gained by telling us that sardana palace is perhaps hardly equal to sheridan that lord tennyson's ballad of the revenge and his ode on the death of the duke of wellington are worthy of a place beside thompson's Rural britannia that edgar allan poe disraeli and mr alfred austin "'are artists of note whom we may affiliate on Byron. "'And that if Sappho and Milton had not high genius, "'they would have been justly reproached as sensational. "'And surely it is a crude judgment that classes "'Baudelaire, of all poets, with Marini and medieval troubadours, "'and a crude style that writes of Goethe, Shelley, Scott, and Wilson, "'for a mortal should not thus intrude upon the immortals, even though he be guilty of holding with them that cain is one of the finest poems in the english language it is only fair however to add that mr knurl subsequently makes more than ample amends for having opened parnassus to the public in this reckless manner by calling wilson an offal feeder on the ground that he once wrote a severe criticism of some of lord tennyson's early poems for mr knurl does not mince his words On the contrary, he speaks with much scorn of all euphemism and delicacy of expression, and, preferring the affectation of nature to the affectation of art, he thinks nothing of calling other people Laura Bridegrams, Jackasses, and the like. This, we think, is to be regretted, especially in a writer so cultured as Mr. Noel. For, though indignation may make a great poet, bad temper always makes a poor critic. On the whole, Mr. Nell's book has an emotional rather than an intellectual interest. It is simply a record of the moods of a man of letters, and its criticisms merely reveal the critic, without illuminating what he would criticise for us. The best that we can say of it is that it is a sentimental journey through literature. The worst that Nell can say of it that it has all the merits of such an expedition. Essays on Poetry and Poets by the Honourable Rhoda Noel. Kagan Poole End of section 36 A Sentimental Journey Through Literature